0: Welcome back to episode 150 of the Woman of Marble podcast, where we assemble to chat all things marble and more.
1: This is Judy Stevens, producer. I'm Sana Amanath, director of content and character development.
2: I'm Lorraine Sink. Guy host stuff. <laughs> and I'm <Christina>. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you do it.
3: Beautiful. Uh, and I'm Christina Harrington and I'm an editor in the X office. Yeah. Ooh. I said finger guns and no one could see bing, it. Bang bang bang. Oh. I read a line about finger guns
2: in uh, Thor: The Big Marvel Show. <laughs> pew, pew! pew, <laughs> pew, pew, <laughs> pew, pew look out for that episode about Marvel Spider-Man animation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we we did do we did see an amazing picture of Lorraine last night. Oh no! Um, we did uh, the variety <laughs> show, Nat Towson's variety show at the oh, UCB yeah, Theater I'm last doing night. Doing it next month, I think. Yeah. So uh, Judy and I did it, and she was showing an episode of Thwip, and the picture, I, I look up, and I'm like, Oh, there, there's Lorraine getting karate chopped.
2: <laughs> yeah. <someone. laughs> it's the still
0: from the defenders episode of the stunt
2: team. That was really fun. I got to flip upside down on wires. Oh, my yeah. God, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> I'm not yeah.
0: gonna lie. So, well, so. today is our 150th podcast. We are over 2 years into of, of making this podcast and you know, it's pretty phenomenal to think in the beginning of this like I didn't know how to set up a recorder or do audio or any of these things and now I I we are at 150 episodes. That's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, there we
1: we're, were getting like emails from people and they're like uh we can't really hear you on the podcast (laughs) there's some background noise there because we're like any free room we could possibly get we would record this podcast in. yeah we what I used to do was I just set the
0: the recorder down in the room without like mics and then we would just talk around it so that's great audio
2: what do you guys think you've learned about podcasting and particularly marvel podcasting from where you started to now besides just like people should be able to hear you <laughs> yeah.
1: I think that's the most important lesson yeah. well, it
2: is. It is I, mean,
0: I think that creating content that's fresh and interesting over a hundred 150 episodes is really great because you know we, you know we talk to a, a, a wide variety of people but sometimes people that do the same job multiple times how do you talk to like someone like Ann Foley? Who, you know, we talked to three times. How do you make each one of those podcasts?
2: Who's one of our costume designers. Yes,
0: costume designers. Uh, but refreshing and also same thing. How do you bring more people into the office it making, that, you know, some of their jobs may seem um, not the, I'm not going to say not the most interesting, like, but just thinking about breaking down the idea and how and how to make a podcast fun so that you guys can listen to
1: it. I think that that's the hardest. I think the 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 most fun about the whole podcast experience has been like at the beginning we're just like oh we're doing interviews we're doing interviews is is like when we are able to be a little bit more like clever about how we're constructing op- uh, how we're constructing episodes and how we can be a bit more like enlightening for our readers or our listeners um you just like showed your hands yeah (laughs) (laughs) I do I started out as an editor guys (laughs) um I did that last night too I was talking about I was like all of our Marvel readers all across the world and I meant audiences so anyway, that was a good joke. Um, <laughs> I uh, I think that was I think that's that that was the most I think educational for me too because like there's so many aspects of our history that we don't often talk about, and we'll talk about that a little bit later in the episode, but. That. That's that I think is much more interesting, and I'm an avid podcast listener. So I think we also like started this podcast as like right before podcasts were getting trendy, you know. So we're like on the up and up. or oh, you are yeah. saying we're trendy? We're trendy. <laughs> we're like we're so avant garde. You know what I mean? It's like before it got trendy, we were already trendy. <laughs> Hashtag so hipster. <laughs> so hipster. Before it was cool. I was so hipster. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, I think that's you know, this podcast started out. From San Diego Comic Con and New York Comic Con panels, where we would discuss. Basically, it was just like, look, there are women working in these in this industry, and and I and I love that we've been able to sort of not showcase women working not only in comics, but women working throughout the Marvel world. So, yeah. you know, video games and uh, and T- Marvel TV production, um, talking to people in the lawyers, like different unique people that we've talked to over time, and also you know looking towards other world so science yeah Um, I'm a huge uh, advocate for more women in science so I love STEM and all that stuff so we've talked to as many scientists as we can with more incoming Um, and then you know we've got other worlds so it's it's definitely it's been fun
1: yeah and I hope by now people know that there are women working at Marvel yeah, really? really? I wasn't right? aware. Yeah. Did we? Uh, do we, sure? we think? Do we think? Did they figure this out yet? 150 episodes later. Oh my gosh! we am immediately a yeah. genuine
3: feeling with sarcasm.
1: Can
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. we just? <laughs> can we just say? Can we just call
1: this like of are Marvel podcast? Like, do we you just drop the woman part now? Are yeah, we good? I mean, I, of
0: Marvel? I feel Marvel. like if you don't know that there's women working in comics or with Marvel, then. You did. also, if you're listening to this podcast, question mark. But if you are listening to this podcast <laughs> and there are people out there saying that, you literally can just link to our podcast.
3: Yeah, 150
0: yeah. episodes of so, us so talking to women.
3: We're done, right? We we've done we've it. Done we, we've done it. Told That's people, it. there are
1: women at Marvel. Yeah. We're we're done. The this ceiling is is the last has one. been Perkins. Yep, <laughs> <A> smash. <laughs> I mean, it's. I feel like it's a little cracked. I don't know if it's smashed in. It. Yeah. There's, like, there's like a trickle
0: of water coming through it's the roof. It's trickle, world. yeah. It's
1: coming. It's oh my it's God, come is there a down. lake up there? Are we yeah. going to drown? <laughs> oh, oh my Lord. God, wait. Is
2: that like that shark movie where they're like underwater? Yes, Deep Blue Sea. Is it Deep Blue Sea? Is that I, the one? Yeah. I, I think, think oh there's, there's like God, five yes. shark movies oh, like that. Yeah. You I hate you guys, shark movies. Guys, that was movies. an allegory for feminism.
3: <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my <laughs> God. Oh my God. Where are the sharks? Even Sam Jackson. so
0: funny. There's a random note. There's an app you can get where you try where people... You can track all track all the sharks in the world like in the oceans and so you can go and like click on the sharks and it takes up and has a picture of the shark. So Aww. there we go. Not only are you there sharks also in do the that oceans. For feminists. <laughs>
4: yeah. Track all the world.
0: <laughs> that's cuz we all go on Twitter. Yes. That's yeah. our that's our tracking. Oh. Beep. Beep. So download Twitter.
2: <laughs> and download this new app called Twitter.
0: Or or Instagram. Cutting
3: edge, cutting edge of cool. hipster I don't know if you guys heard about trendy. it. But Twitter's great. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think, you know, it's funny because we do poke a lot of fun, but I do feel like this, like, just the panels and the podcast have come such a far way. A far way? Is that what a right way to long say it? Long way? Yes. A, come come such it. a long way. And I, I just want to, like, give props to Judy and Sana who've been with it from the beginning, and it's been their baby. And, you know, you guys made it happen, and I'm so glad that we have this because it's, I think, a really wonderful sounding board to have a place where women can talk about not just comic book industry, but entertainment, and fashion, and athletes, and science, and all kinds of things that all feed into Marvel, because Marvel is the world outside your window, and it reflects the world, and I think, you know, women are part of the world, and so are all the things that women do, so I I give you kudos.
4: Thank you,
2: Marianne. You. Write your senators.
4: <laughs> Hashtag.
0: I will say also, it's you know this podcast has been a great sort of um, roundtable of different women that have worked. I mean, obviously, Sana and I have been on from the beginning, but we've had a great group of women that now are joined by you two that bring different opinions and aspects. To the podcast, and I think that's really important because we all come from different worlds, and we're all coming together for, you know, one
1: topic. So, so, spe- so speaking of which, I think uh, everyone should go around and actually talk about projects that they're working on, whether you can share it or not, and give hints about it. But, like, what is exciting you that you guys are working on right now that you think you'd be able to share with folks? Why do we love our jobs? Because we all di- different aspects, of, like, like you said, different aspects of, of Marvel,
2: well, you know, so I want to... I,
4: I'll i kick off.
2: Uh, oh, how about I why said? you love
1: your job? It could be a project or why you love your job. Well,
2: so obviously I get to work on TWIP every week with Judy and Ryan Panagos and our director, Jason Latour, and I love doing that show. It's very silly. It's fun. I have a lot of freedom to play, and I get to talk to everybody. Like, I get to talk to comic book writers and actors and showrunners and just, and I got to learn how to box, I got to learn how to stun fight, mm-hmm. like I get to do ridiculous things, sometimes Judy makes me drink jalapeno juice. <laughs> <laughs> I get to do a lot of really cool things, and I feel, and, and I also get to write Marvel Minute, and I, I actually, something I really love about w- how my job has grown as I've been here, is when I started, I came on to host a show called The Watcher, and I wrote that show, but I re- it really was a tiny little corner of where I would like talk for like three to five minutes on one little topic every week. And since then, I've written, or I've co-written, two books. I feel an incredible amount of on- autonomy of what I'm allowed to do and what I'm allowed to write. And my play pin is so much bigger than it used to be. Um, getting to work on two shows, plus I get to write top tens, plus I write a lot of stuff that's, like, historical mm-hmm. and content that goes on the site. And... It's just been so cool to feel what I'm allowed to do and what I get to do expand in this way, and I feel so much trust from. I feel like a little emotional. Um, <laughs> I feel so much trust from the people that I work with, uh, and it just feels really great. So it's been a really big journey for me because I've been here for five years now. It Hasn't just crazy. been that long. It's been
1: that flippin' awesome. long. So wow, yeah. that's crazy. Well, well, that's, that's good. story. I like
5: that. I like that. What about you, Christine? Ah. Uh, Christina. Uh, <laughs> uh,
3: I'm last part. <laughs> Listen, if you want to say my name that way all the time, that's rad. Um, I well, wish you would say that's how it's pronounced. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With a choir of angels coming in at the end. A little bit of oh, a pause. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm a relative newcomer here. I've been here for, it'll be... it's like two and a half years now but I was an intern when when Women of Marvel started as a podcast Um, and so being able to like watch it from the sidelines as uh, like a fan and a a reader and a listener and then to be able to come on and help participate in like this podcast is really cool you guys like yeah it's kind of amazing and to be able to actively participate in the future of this podcast is really cool so thank you so much for having me here and like trusting me here with I don't know Women of Marvel stuff It, it means a lot to me but uh my actual job is uh, editing in the X-Men office, and I have loved the X-Men for as long as I can remember. Uh, I've been obsessed with them almost my whole life, and I have a proof sitting in the green room with me right now for Astonishing X-Men number three. It just came out of proofreading, and I get to sit down after we get done here, and I get to read it, and I get to add my notes, and then I get to talk to Charles Soule about it. I get to talk to Mark Paniccia, my boss, and the X-Men group ed- editor about it. Um, and just being able to be involved in that conversation about the X-Men and where we're going with them and the type of stories we want to tell is like an incredible dream come true. For the first year that I worked here, I kept expecting to wake up and uh, be a temp still (laughs) and be like, oh, that was a beautiful dream and now I'll just go and be an admin. Um, So yeah, it's, it's... I love everything. I love everything about my job, but the fact that I have a proof here for astonishing X Men and I get to go back to my desk and sit down and read it is amazing to me, and will never stop being amazing to me. And probably the second that it stops being amazing is the time to move on. But <laughs> I don't see it. I don't see it ending, guys. It's kind of, it's nuts. I feel very lucky, very lucky. Let
1: me tell you, as a former editor, I mean, I'm still editing like a was like former. Basically. What? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, basically. I'm sort of. Ba- I'm sort of on the way out of being a full editor but I will say just the concept of just making a book and making a product making a story that you can share with people is like such a gratifying experience and I wish to an extent I mean I love what I do now but I do wish like that was a big part of my job because my I feel like my brain connects with that a little bit more and um, it's a you know it's a great it's a really great position it's a lot of fun and it's just you and like two other people people don't realize in comics like there's only, like, three three or four actually actual people working on a project yeah. versus you go to any other part of, like, the company, it's, like, there's, like, 20 people giving notes. There's 20 at least. Um, and that's a very different experience. Yeah.
3: And there's so much that goes into making a book that when you actually get that physical copy in from the printer and we'll get preview copies and comp copies in, getting those in, like, the week before they hit stands is... Like, it's still such a satisfying experience to, like, pick it up and actually be able to leaf, like, through it and go, cool, that note, like, that's where I made that note or yeah. that's where I made that color change and it looks so good now. And, yeah, you can actually see all the work that you put into it, all the work that you and all the other creators put into that book is, like, right in your hands. And mm-hmm. it's it's crazy. It's a crazy mm-hmm. feeling, but it's it's awesome. Man, ah, comics. Yeah, comics. yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I will say that I've been here a very long time. 11 years and I've had many jobs but I think the one thing that's kind of amazing to now is the ability to have a product like you talk about a product having something to put out on the internet that's something that I worked on and that it's out there because when you're part of a web team like when I first started I was part of the the, the product team you're, uh, you're one kink in a uh, 20-30 people that are making one website so you don't really feel ownership but when I post like a video, an episode of Thwip, I'm like, oh I helped make that, that happened and even though I'm not on screen, which I'm totally okay sometimes with. Sometimes
2: she's on <laughs> screen sometimes <laughs> on screen, like awkwardly uh, at Sadio Comic Con. When ready. she stuck her hand down my pants <laughs> to fix my microphone that is a fact if you watch very closely, I think it's during the Defenders interviews, you just see hands go down my pants <laughs> <laughs>
1: and they belong to Judy. A true it bro a helping let's be it was, it was a, skirt. a skirt. We're 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 very close here at Marvel. Yes. <laughs> but that's what you
0: have to do as a producer it's when true. you don't have additional sound people on set and you need them to fix the audio. Yes.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that um, you know working on all the different shows and be able to you know on the on that show last night I talked about becoming in cosplay and like I've been part of the cosplay community for almost fifteen years now and some of my best friends who are now like world adults like my one best friend is pregnant like adults we're really adulting so the fact that you know i can use something like marvel becoming which is our cosplay video series to showcase cosplayers in this pretty like epic light on all our channels it's something that i would say is something full circle like i've been sort of shouting in the in a, in a dark room
2: being like cosplay is really important you should tell people what becoming is because it's beautiful
0: so Marvel yeah. Becoming is uh, is a, one of our short original video series we do on Marvel's YouTube and Marvel's Social, where we highlight cosplayers. And Jason Latour, who's my director, is a beautiful cinematographer and loves his jib. The jib is like a thing. It's like a long arm with a camera on it, so you can create mov- movement shots. And he does these beautiful pans across the cosplayers, showing the details of the costumes and the different elements of the armor. And, and the
2: costumes are crazy. Yeah, mm. and we're really yeah.
0: sort of hoping to showcase not only the diversity within marble characters uh, every season, but also the diversity within marble cosplayers and, and show that that the cosplay community isn't just one type of one box it's many boxes and I think that's really important so um, Becoming is currently airing um, every Thursday uh, on our YouTube and it's uh, we're doing 18 episodes plus some special ones that's, that's a lot that's awesome so like that's on that lot. note like that's, that's when great. I think about how much work I have to do I have <laughs> I think I have uh, let's say 6 8 10 I have t- 13 episodes we need to film before the end of the fiscal year, which is September thirtieth. Oh so gosh. bye guys. So if <laughs> you're wondering why we went to bi weekly, this is why we went to bi weekly because <laughs> I don't have time to edit the podcast. I'm sorry, I'm terrible. So but yeah, I would say, you know, being able to showcase to give people to showcase the fans I think is something that I really love doing here at Marvel. So yeah, so that was a trick question because I hate my job.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> you had
0: you had like 10 minutes to think
1: about it to realize just realized. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um you know, so my job as a um my job is very strange. It has it's a long title that means many different things and encompasses many different things. Um but what's great is I, like as my job has expanded, I've been able to see really like what the greater impact of Marvel is as a brand across the world. That's been like the most interesting thing to me. Like, yes, I've worked on really fun projects. I'm working. I'm continuing to work on really incredibly important projects. I think um, that I hope, hope, hopefully, that will have like positive impact on our audiences. But um, I, I, uh, you know, I love the creative process. I love creating something and having it manifest into something that like is even greater than you imagine. But then, like going, like I went to, I was in Dubai. Um, for a literature festival and seeing how people react to Marvel and how they react to our characters and how much it means to them and they're like in a part of the world that you know they're, it's very much aware of western culture but they also you know their experiences are different you know they the culture is significantly different as well but um, seeing that Marvel is like obviously it's in the Middle East it's in South Asia it's in it's in East Asia like it's you know it's in Japan and China and Southeast Asia it's like People know what our characters are. Some some of them don't even speak English, but they know who Spider-Man is. And I think that's incredibly powerful because that means that we have, like, a lot of responsibility in our shoulders to make sure that we're telling not only the best kinds of stories, but, like, the most, like, aspiring and, and positive stories. And we all have different hands in doing that. Like, there's so many different ways to be a Marvel fan, and, like it's it's incredible because we do so much as a company like no one realizes we're basically a mini walt disney company like it's we're a disney company within the disney company it's the only part of the only part of the disney company that has as much as many facets and like platforms and content arms is, is it's 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 only marvel um so and not to say, I mean, we have incredibly fantastic companies with the Disney within the Disney family, but it's really fascinating that people don't really realize how much is going on, um, and you know, and and where we can go next is what's what's really exciting. So I love I love that aspect of it, and I think the folks here have been so smart about like strategically expanding the brand and thinking about where it needs to go next from a content perspective, from an IP perspective, and then also from just an overall sort of brand messaging um, uh, perspective. So, um, yeah. And it's been great to see how we've evolved from, like, our audiences, too, right? Like, we we talk about this all the time, but, like, my first Comic-Con experience was me and one of my other friends working at a small comics company, and there were, like, very... The women that were at the cons were, like, hired models who just never really...
2: The the booth babe phenomenon. The booth
1: babes, which by the yeah. way, people thought I was a booth babe. <laughs> <Nice. Exactly. laughs> you I just want to let you know that's what they assumed they're like you're working in industry. I'm oh like, my no, god, there's just crossover.
4: There's <laughs> <laughs> well, <like, I> <laughs>
2: just.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's basically what I said. Because um, I was wearing, I worked at Virgin Comics, and my I wore they they made these T-shirts for the girls, and it was it said Virgin diagonally across the shirt and then a small little comics. Oh my god. So it was it was very inappropriate at the time. Uh but you know, we got we got some interesting attention. It, it was strange. So to go from that and then to be like at these really amazing conventions where women of marvel is like standing room only and you know, it's just it's just just to see that to see that physical transformation is awesome because I we saw it happen. It was just it's crazy. Like how sudden it was.
2: I, I think it's interesting too, just sorry, side note on the Booth Babe phenomenon. I, <laughs> I, do, I do think it's interesting that a lot of cons are kind of poo pooing that now and they're mm-hmm. like, you know, like let's not just sell, like let's just not exploit 20 year old girls in bikinis or whatever. <laughs> you know? Yeah, they're like, not
1: really doing that anymore, yeah, right? It, yeah. It's really
2: changed. Also, I have a great Booth Babe story to tell you guys later. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> it's, it's my favorite.
0: I mean that's I think that that now con- conventions are noticing that there are more than just men going to these events and also families are going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Families are and it's not just on kids day on Sunday like Yeah, they're going throughout the weekend. They are. Yeah. yeah, and and they're coming in costume and they're they're participating and it's pretty and they're the ones dragging their parents to the con not the parents are dragging their kids to the con hoping that the kids would be like a, a, yeah. a nerd person so I think that that's uh, really you know it just
1: showcases how different conventions are well I noticed a shift when like when when we're when we're at panels and on the tables they have our name tags and behind it they have like warning <laughs> messages now they're like no cursing there are kids in the audience and I was like this is new I was like well, what's <laughs> happening and then I still accidentally cursed. Oops. And then Judy would have to point and be like, "Don't do
0: it. Don't curse." I know it's really funny cuz I'm usually yeah. the one who curses the most. Yeah. But for some reason, that's a that's a lesson everyone at home should learn, if just
3: knowing when to turn off the cursing.
1: Yeah. Oh, because I come in, in
3: any time I'm on one of these podcasts, I'm like, "Don't Swear, yes. and it inevitably fails yes. at some point. I definitely <laughs> swear.
0: As a producer, as what you do on set, I swear yeah. a lot. I've never
2: sworn before.
3: <laughs> <laughs> What's What a
2: curse. Yeah. Is, it like, is it
5: like, dang it?
2: <laughs> dang it, it. Oh, heck. I do <laughs> scream a lot, uh, son of a biscuit. Cam not hear you say, say that. A lot. I've heard you say that <laughs> a lot. That's my Um, saving grace. I have a lot of uh, near misses.
0: (laughs) So, well, I think Sada was about to segue to it, too. So, uh, for those who are new-ish to the 150 episodes we've done here... uh, We sort of wanted to throw back to a couple ones that um, we thought were a good—we either loved or a good moment in time for us. And so we're going to—I'm going to clip—this is making more work for myself. I'm going to clip a short segment of each of these podcasts so you guys can listen to them. And then uh, in the news story, we'll link back to them so you can listen to all of the podcasts. Because some of them are, like, the are over an hour long. So,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Why don't you go first, Sana?
1: Okay. So I, it's really hard to narrow it down, and I honestly was looking through the list of all the podcasts we had, and I was like, oh my god, it's like we've done so many, and I've forgot some of the ones that we had done that I had participated in. You know, <laughs> like it was just, it's just crazy um, how like just how much we've actually accomplished, considering this is our fourth job and not our actual job. Um, so I loved uh, the interview that we did with Ta-Nehisi Coates. Coats. Um, right as he was I think it was right before Black Panther came out actually yeah um and I had met Tanhasi at an event in god it was an Atlantic magazine event and it was sort of a big deal cuz I was like oh my god it's Tanaasi Coates and he interviewed me for this event and after that was when all the Black Panther stuff happened and I never really thought that he would actually do it i think we were all just sort of confused that he was down to write for us um, even though the the joke of it is that I think he thinks we're doing him a favor, uh, <laughs> because he's such a big comics nerd and he's such a wonderful human being, and I love that I love that um, conversation because it was very much about one like his love of comics, why he loves comics because like he's like an he's like an auteur, right like he's a literary giant um, he won the MacArthur Genius Award everyone like within particularly like highbrow literary circles like. Knows and loves Stan Haseycoats like he's, you know, pretty phenomenal. And um, you know, it's to, to for to him to talk about like why he loves comics and his point of view on it, and his transition from like prose writing and writing about like really intense stuff. Like yeah. he 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 writes about sort of like the fact that you know think that reparation that like black people should still get reparations. Like he's very politically minded, um, and is such a beautiful writer as well. Um, but talking about him transitioning from that to um, to comics was was pretty fascinating and how difficult it was for him and the struggles he had with writing visually and writing for a um, an artist who you know like he just you know he's learning his art style and learning what works what works the the most and understanding what splash pages are and needing to write a splash page like just things like that. Um, I thought it was, was, was really great. And it was a really long conversation. I think it was one of our longer podcasts. Um, and, you know, he seemed really engaged, and, uh, and he continues to be. And now he's, like, a much bigger part of Marvel. Like, he's written a lot more for us, and he's coming to our retreats. And, um, you know, it's, it's pretty cool to have him within uh, the Marvel family just because I think we're, we're learning a lot from him. But it's cool because he's, he's also saying he's learning a lot from us. Um, in terms of the whole process of, of, of creating comics. So that was one of my favorites, and, um, you know, I'm I'm, uh, I'm excited to... I, that's when I love to do these podcasts is when you're kind of learning something from the person you're talking to. I would still... I mean, we talked about it when we did this, but I'd love to have him
0: back mm-hmm. and sort of talk to him about now that he's written comics and they've come out, and now with the Black Panther movie, coming, like, what is it... What's you know,
1: sort of summarizing what's happened in the last year or so mm-hmm. since then.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, I'm sure he'd be he'd be down. He's a, you know, he's a big nerd. Yeah, it's great. It's really it's really fun talking to him because yeah. you're like, man, you I could totally see what you're yeah, like when you're such, like yeah. ten <laughs> <results>. years <laughs> old. I see it. I totally see it because everyone's like, oh my god, it's John he Well, we played that fun but game like, with yeah. him. Oh yeah, that's right. We did, we did the what, the rapid fire what, questions. What, like
0: what would 12, 12 year old Ta-Nehisi like what would his answers be? Yeah. those questions. Ooh. we haven't done those That's in a while. Kind of we serious. shouldn't. You yeah. should.
1: You should show a clip of that. Actually. Yeah, I'll <laughs> put that. I'll put that. Okay. Now we have um, guess- some quick fire questions for you. Okay. Um, so this is the fun and cheesy part that Son was referring to. <laughs> this is for the nine year old Tanehasi. Okay. <laughs> First
0: important question, of course: Civil War face-off. Whose side are
6: you on? Team Captain America or Team Iron Man? Oh, I I know whose side T'Challa's on. I can't answer that. <laughs> um, I mean, listen, if it's done right, I'll be deeply conflicted, right? I mean, that that's what's supposed to happen, right? But we're talking nine-year-old Nine-year-old B. Yeah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, you can answer.
6: 9 is a rebel. You know, nine-year-old <laughs> B is going to be on Iron Man's side. We're talking about Civil War too, right? Civil War. We're talking about, no, the, the Civil War. About the movie. The movie, movie, movie. yeah. Movie, yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. I hope I didn't give anything away right there. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, on the movie, I'm going to be on Captain America's side. I mean, that's nine-year-old me, right? you got to be the rebel, right? Although I think Tony's probably right. I mean, come on. You're walking around with basically a, a nuclear weapon, and you don't want to be registered? I mean, come on. It's ridiculous. But I would have gone with Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> Good, because these questions are for nine-year-old you. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. Who's your Marvel crush? It can be general neutral, so either male or female.
6: As nine-year-old, nine-year-old, nine-year-old you. Nine nine you. you. Jesus, I mean, I loved. Oh, it was Mary Jane Watson. That's what it, yeah. it was. I was gonna say it wasn't one, but it was Mary. It was Mary Jane Watson. It was Mary Jane. I was like difficult because I was thinking about heroes and I was thinking about how much I loved Storm, but I don't think I really had a crush on her. But it, it was Mary Jane Watson, and you know why? Because um, you know, and you would read the back issues because Gwen Stacy was dead by then, but it was like Gwen Stacy was kind of this. I got a whole post on this that I'll send to you guys that you should link about this. Um, but if you if you want to, if you find it relevant, I have to do it. But I mean, Gwen Stacy was kind of this like, you know, good girl or everything. is straight. And Mary J. Watson was just a total mess. <laughs> I mean, it's a really, really cool way. Like, again, I mean, I, I felt like she was such a fully formed character. I mean, there are issues. There's an issue, I think, maybe it's like 259, I think, of Amazing Spider-Man. Where they actually go through her entire origin and backstory. I mean, it was, like, really, like, that. I thought that was just so, so cool. Like, she was the most, of all the love interests that I, you know, read about in in comic books, she was the most, I thought, fully fleshed out and fully drawn. And she was a hot redhead, so, I mean, that's just that. That was the last thing I noticed, you know what I mean? That was, like, the last thing I noticed. (laughs) Okay, so
1: so one more. Would you, this is a would-you-rather question. Would you rather be
6: stilt man or mole man? I <laughs> <God. Okay. laughs> to I'm old man, I guess I mean he's a king <laughs> that's there true you go. that's true that's with the theme <laughs> <laughs>
2: um okay um I guess I'll go with one of them that just really sticks in my mind uh in part because it's recent and in part because it was so fun for me personally was we had Trina Robbins on who it is a I guess what what would you call her a comic book historian Yeah. Mm-hmm. a historian not just of comics but of the comic book industry and as someone who started researching this it doesn't exist like yeah. the knowledge that this woman has does not exist anywhere else uh, you can you can maybe look for things that she's written or talked about uh, and you definitely need to listen to this podcast in full because it's very epic and That information just isn't in the world. You can't go to Wikipedia and find out about women working in comics in the 1920s because they didn't document it. So really you have to go back and and check that out. And my favorite sort of companion piece to it is our roundtable where we talked about uh, sort of women in comics and the history of that. Uh, as a companion piece, because I I feel that uh, it's really lovely to have this sort of historical perspective from Trina, who really was kind of an insider and had all of these hot tips and takes. On, <laughs> on the, on the but also to to sit down with us, I I felt like that was such a special conversation that I really valued with my lady friends about the comic book industry and where we've come from. So I found it very inspiring, both from Trina and from us. You guys toot toot my own horn. So
0: I will say that as so full circle to our original conversation piece for this podcast is that the first question we asked Trina was, like, what does she say about people who still don't think women work in
3: comics? And she goes, people are still say that? Yeah. Yeah. So. She, when she was talking about it, oh, it's like an institutional amnesia and how, like, if you're in the industry or, or if you're surrounded by the industry, like, if you don't talk about these things, if you don't talk about, like, the people that, like, are involved in them, then it's just going to... Like, no one's going to talk about it. Yeah, same so, like, Yeah, yeah. So, like, the fact that we have, like, a responsibility to talk about the people who are in comics and the women that are in comics uh, is, like, I took that so hard to heart. <laughs> I was yeah. like, and I, Trina is, like, such an icon in the industry, too. Um, man, th- yeah, listening to that podcast and being able to, like, talk about it and, like, it, it's incredible.
1: Well, the biggest thing also is just being like, hey, by the way, like, this is... Like You talk about institutional amnesia. It's like people don't remember that there were, one, women working in comics and then also women reading comics back in the day.
2: Well, yeah, there are so many comics that were targeted at women, like girl comics and all that kind of stuff. And also, a lot of those art houses, they were art houses full of people drawing, and it didn't matter if you were male or female. There were a ton of women that worked and never were credited
1: by name. They were credited by studio. Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm. So there are, yeah, just a ton of women, and it wasn't really such a boys thing until, like, the 60s.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was fascinating. It's a fascinating conversation, and she was great. And then our... Our podcast after was great because we we're also very funny on it. I thought <laughs> 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 Which important part. that well, really was. <laughs> what, I mean,
4: what I loved
0: about it was that originally it was supposed to be one episode, and we we were able to gather so much content for that specific episode that we had to make it into two. And I was like, that's amazing that there is, there the ability that there is so much out there about women's just in gen- women's history and comics, but in general. Everyone's thoughts on it that it became two podcasts. So I think it's like two full hours of stuff. Enjoy it.
4: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Teen comics and romance comics took off like mad after the war. So there was a backlash because during the war there had been these really wonderful action heroines Mm. that I have a book, by the way. a good time to mention it. I have a book coming out later this year called Babes in Arms, and it collects the work of four women cartoonists who worked in the golden age of comics during the war, and who drew comics that starred these strong, beautiful, courageous heroines who fought the Axis. But after the war, it all disappeared, and women were indeed sent back to the kitchens, but they were still drawing the teen comics and the romance comics, which started in 1947. So that was the backlash, really. And those comics did fabulously until really the Comics Code, and until um, Marvel and DC retooled and just aimed at superhero books.
0: Well, a lot of your work has been centering around bringing these these 20th century female cartoonists to light. I mean, when did that become a thing that you were like, I need to do this, this needs to be a thing that's important?
4: Well, because, you know, all the people who, they didn't just say girls and women don't read comics, they said women had never drawn comics. And I knew that was not true. And you know, here's all these women who were incredibly like, like Nell Brinkley, who was such a superstar in her day. Collected her work and pasted them in scrapbooks, and Mm -hmm. and the younger girls colored in the drawings, and you know, she and she made newspaper headlines where. she went she was such a superstar superstar but she was forgotten because when the guys were writing histories of comics and that's a comparatively recent thing I mean history of comics really started around the 70s you know Mm -hmm. Um, and when they were writing histories of comics they only wanted to write about you know the Hulk and Spider-Man they weren't interested in some woman who had drawn gorgeous pictures and wonderful stories in the early 20th century So they didn't write about these women. So, you know, my big discovery in really, in in all my research is if you're not written about, you're forgotten. (laughs) Uh,
3: Yeah, so I... uh... I'm going to change track a little bit but I've loved watching this podcast evolve from uh, just like women who are in the industry talking about comics to bringing in women from like who are are involved in Marvel but in like the TV side and movies and stuff like that bringing them in to going even a step further and talking to women in the sciences Uh, yeah and Judy mentioned this earlier but I love this series that you've been doing where you talk to various scientists lady scientists um, in in different fields Um,
2: (laughs) I once wrote a character (laughs) called Lady Scientist. (laughs) And it was my favorite. Um, She was very sexy. She wore glasses, though, so you knew she was a scientist. Yeah. I am. I don't know if you guys knew that. I'm a scientist.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I've been loving them. Um, I love the sciences. I'm abysmal at math. Well, I really wanted to be an archaeologist growing up, uh, and then I wanted to be involved in space stuff growing up. Uh, And then I was like, oh, God, I can't even add. So I guess I'll just write about it, but in fiction. Uh, So being able to be involved in the the Jackie Faraday podcast was was really exciting for me. uh, To talk to the woman who does the math for, like, Manhattan Hedge is, like— (laughs) Siri. Siri's just, <laughs> Siri's oh, just merged. she
1: wants to be involved too. I it's was fine. sitting on my phone. Sorry, guys. Siri, would you like to be a woman of Marvel? Be <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>,
2: Siri.
3: <laughs> yes, I would.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, we've been able to talk to Jackie
3: Faraday, and uh, she's the woman that does the math for Manhattan Hedge every year. Uh, she works for the Museum of Natural History. Uh, in in manhattan which is my favorite place in the entire world oh, it's all the streets it's all yeah. the cross
5: streets so the, the key with manhattan hinge is that manhattan is a gridded city and it's the grid that creates manhattan hinge so the grid of manhattan which comes from a city plan that was way back in the early 1800s this decision was made to make avenues with 90 degree cross streets and when that happened When they placed this grid down on the city of Manhattan, they created a bullseye for the sun to hit twice a year on either side of the summer solstice. And back in the late 90s, Neil deGrasse Tyson, who is the director of the Hayden Planetarium, where I work, so Neil's office is down the hall from mine, Neil started picking up on what was going on, noticing it. In fact, drivers would have noticed. If you're in the middle of a street at sunset on the Manhattan Hinge Times, you would have noticed that, look at that, the sun's right in my face. It's (laughs) it's blinding me. (laughs) So others would have noticed it, but Neil, being an astronomer, actually took note of it. And Stan Mack, who was a cartoonist for The Village Voice, did a little piece on Neil, and drew in a cartoon all of the things that Neil does. And one of the things he wrote down in this little cartoon, it's a tiny little piece of a cartoon, is a time and a date uh, that Neil was telling him about of a Manhattan hench. And at that point, no one really knew about it. This was back when you could still get into the middle of the street at 42nd Street and be just you back doing it. Then in 2001, Natural History magazine did a special... Edition of Summer in the S- Summer of Stars, and it was all things astronomically related to the city. So, lots of things in the city. There's a sundial in Midtown. There's delis that have cosmic signs on them, and then there was a picture that Neil had taken on Thirty Fourth Street of a Manhattan Hinge and that was the first time it was published. And after that, Neil would send this email around to museum employees. I was one back a while ago and I that's when I was an educator before I even started back in the science track to get my PhD. And I became fascinated with it. It was so fun. It's the summer, it's sunset, you can be outside. <laughs> like everything about it was perfect. And I'm like, okay, awesome, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go look at Manhattan Hinge. So back then, again, there was like no one outside, so it was super fun. And years kind of went by, and finally I said, you know what, I think the museum should start doing a public program about this. So we started to do it, and that's when I realized, like, I think we could even do a better job on the calculation of the date and the time, and so this is how I became the calculator for the the female human science calculator for Manhattan. (laughs) So every year, I look at the charts and make sure we've got the day and the time right, publish it, and now, if you walk outside on the dates this year May 29th May 30th and July 12th July 13th you and stand in the middle of the street this is why it's dangerous (laughs) to be in the middle of the street at sunset you will see the sun just as it's setting it kisses the grid and then falls under. And part of why it's so cool and fun is that there's this misnomer on what the sun's going to do. It doesn't come straight down your buildings because that's actually not the orientation that the sun the Manhattan is in or that the sun comes in at. It comes from the it comes from the south. And so you have to wait for this moment that it's very low before it starts to peak between the buildings. And you'll see that the math is correct, (laughs) which came from me, so I have to be proud of this, (laughs) that you could predict exactly the angle that it's coming down at and the exact time when it's going to perfectly intersect what we've calculated the angle of the grid of Manhattan to be. So it kisses the grid and then it goes away. Uh, so that
3: was really cool and being able to listen to uh, the podcast with Dr. Gould whose first name I'm blanking on uh, and hear about her experiences in the Gobi Desert uh, discovering dinosaurs and stuff it was just like it's so interesting to me I I feel like these things are related to comics maybe tangentially but the idea that you know, women don't work in comics is sort of very similar to women don't work in the sciences, women don't work in STEM. And so to be able to use this as a platform to be like, you're wrong, we're here, we've always been here, we're going to continue to be here in larger and larger numbers and to hopefully speak to a younger generation of women and to inspire them to be involved in those things if they thought that they couldn't which uh, newsflash you super can't yeah. uh, I think that's great and I, I've been looking forward to the the ones we have lined up which is kind of exciting
0: yeah I and mean, we're looking to do even more I mean just working with uh, uh, Boeing we're, um, Jason and I both have another video series upcoming that's all about science and we worked with Boeing and CASIS which is the nonprofit organization that works with the International Space Station for the US and just talked talking to them about science and as someone who also was terrible at math. I say that, oh, by the way, to every single one of those if you listen to all this podcast, <laughs> the theme of it is Judy's bad at math. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the, that's sort of something that as, as someone who wanted to be a science originally and sort of ended up walking away from it and being art, doing an art in which is totally fine, um, but being able to go back to it now and talk to these scientists because there are so many women working in the science field. so And not just space Or, you know, digging up dinosaurs. There's tons more. So, yeah. yeah. So as we were talking through all this, I was realizing that uh, the one that I had picked, but now I have an additional one that I want to bring up there. Because... I think I've been. I think I'm on every single podcast. Mm-hmm. 150 of you listening to me talk, which is weird. <laughs> I think we might have done like
1: one without you, but we were frazzled. Like it was really difficult because yeah. I didn't know. So 149. Yeah, 149, yes. Yes. <laughs> 149 <laughs>
0: podcasts. So one of them uh, uh, that. Uh, I remembered as you were talking about sort of um, women working within other fields is sports. We did a great uh, series of covers with ESPNW about a year ago, year, mm-hmm, and, a ago. year and a half ago. I remember yeah. that. And we had a conversation on a podcast with two of the women from ESPNW where they were like, we need to get more women working in, in sports. And I was like, yes, that's us too! And I, as a woman who was an athlete growing up and there not being enough of future roles for women in sports, I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. This is like the old Judy is like wants to go back to young Judy and be like look look we're talking about it it's important mm-hmm. so um, ESPNW in, uh, conversation is great but the one that I want to bring full circle to is the woman of Marvel started out as a panel and every year we still do a panel at San Diego and New York and last year San Diego I feel was a, a accumulation a, a, a moment in time where we came together with all the different worlds and we had the three lovely ladies from Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on and it was a little bit, it was hilarious, let's say. Yeah. That.
4: yeah.
2: We
0: talked about Elizabeth just falling into a pool.
1: Um, yeah. and a lot of
2: misadventures <laughs> and comic con going outness. <laughs> yes,
1: Mingna showed up in her sunglasses, she was ready to go. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. But I think what
0: was great was br- we always talk about how important it is for the fans on this podcast, and we were finally able to bring the different worlds. You know, we had Sana and I were there, and, and Lorraine was there, and then we also had um Ann Foley was there, and then we had uh Willow Wilson and
1: Margaret Stoll, yeah, and so
0: we had. At that point, we had almost every single person from most of our spectrums here at Marvel, except for video games, Mm -hmm. that could speak to women, could speak about being a woman working in in their industry and allowed. And then we made sure we had 30 minutes for fans to ask questions. And I think that that is so important. you know, moderating that panel is amazing. Uh, is also super stressful, uh, but it's it's putting together the right amount of people that gives a great element to the fans. I think is important, and also yeah.
1: it's it's our origins, where we came from. So we can't forget you all. The Q and A is my favorite part of the panels. It's always interesting because like they bring up things that we don't we forget about, we don't think about, and it starts a great dialogue too for everybody. And I learn yeah. a lot about. I learned from, like, the other panelists based on their responses about, yeah. like, you know.
4: <laughs>
6: Anyone else? So
2: before I get my question, I just wanted to say um, thank you to Chloe, me, and Elizabeth because uh, <laughs> It's a Shield means a lot to me and I just love that all women are, are badass in their own way and in, and in different ways and it just shows that You don't have to be one thing, or you can be everything (laughs) and still be
5: amazing. So,
2: thank you. (laughs) So, my question is kind of off topic, I guess. But, so Clark, Ian, and Henry were at Nerd HQ today.
5: It's more
0: annoying. So Chloe
3: and I decided we needed we heard a rumour that was churros and so we decided we were
4: to desperate, to desperate to for churros. So, I actually I saw the churros and I was like, God
3: can I do got a gotta get churros. They were the way find me.
2: I was having um a <laughs> oh god guys it's just uh, this is it's so embarrassing. I was having a conversation with the new Spider-Man. Don't you know, try to be the mature, older person that's been in Marvel a long time. It's like, oh,
4: no, this is so exciting for you. I'm just like... <laughs>
2: To this year at San Diego, we had a lot of questions that were like, that felt a little bit like, isn't the man holding you down or keeping you back? And we were like, yeah, we're, we're like trying to do better things, but no, like, yeah. we're, we're also like uh, pretty forward thinking. We have wonderful men that we work with that yeah. are our mm-hmm. allies that support us. And just because we're women of Marvel doesn't mean we're not men of Marvel, we're yeah. everyone of Marvel, you know, and that also felt like. Really, strangely, great. Yeah, to just be like, yeah, and the world's not perfect, but we have a great support system in place.
1: That's a real. That's a big misconception that I've experienced multiple times. Like even like at Disney, but not outside in the world, we're like, oh, don't the men in the company like just not treat you as well? Just because they assumption that because it's like been so male dominated, that the men there here are like sort of terrible. And, like, hey, look, look, if there's any fights with men here at Marvel, like, we will deal with it. And we do deal with it. But I will say, for the most part, I think a lot of us are here because we've got some great guys in our corner who have been supporting us. And whether they're our bosses or our coworkers or colleagues or friends, whatever, um, that is incredibly important to have. And I, you know... I don't think I've had... I've had that in other jobs. I haven't really had that in this job.
2: And if that were true, this podcast would not exist.
5: Oh, it yeah. just wouldn't. Yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah,
1: that's so true. I mean, also, I will say, like, Dan Buckley was sort of like, all right, you want to do this? Go figure it out. And now he's been like, okay, how do you better utilize this this podcast as a, as a platform? And has been very, very supportive. And that's the fun thing about Marvel is that, you know, you've got an idea, and sometimes they're just like, all right, go do it and figure it out. If you fail, you fail. If not, then... We have something cool in our hands.
0: Yeah. I mean, I will say, I think that there's like maybe a misconception that like all men are terrible, but they're not. They're actually really like. People are terrible. People I are terrible. People in general <laughs> people are, terrible. are terrible. Just yeah, to I, clarify, I will agree yeah. with that. People are Persons terrible. Persons are
2: great. Yes.
0: <laughs> but, you know, just thinking about the many different worlds that I've lived in that have all been male dominated. I was a photographer. I played sports. Like, I work in comics. Now I work in production and never at any step has there been a uh, a man that has not helped me like or a woman but just in general like thinking about people here in my office i've stayed for 11 years because I, we're a family and we help each other out man
3: yeah uh you know in editorial we're all really close to each other and i've never felt like any of my male colleagues are like oh this woman's doing stuff
1: they're usually <laughs> like oh my
3: god christina why are you doing this thing but it's usually because it's a weird thing that I'm doing
1: except for Devin, <laughs> except for Devin Lewis yeah, Devin, Devin Lewis, Lewis is the yeah. most misogynist thing, right?
6: <laughs> am I
2: right He's he's so like he's right a, now he's crying because he felt yeah that. he felt
1: it he <laughs> like we're gonna have to go it. apologize someone to someone going yeah. yeah. talking bad yeah. about
3: me yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna cry
1: My God. He, he, only, he only says please and thank you like just once or twice a day you know what I mean like he should be doing it every hour
3: yeah we should clarify all yeah. of that was sarcasm <laughs> Devin's great Devin
1: is the guest <laughs> <Denon-based>. eh. <laughs> <laughs> he was one of my first interns, and then him and Chris Robinson. You were one of my interns too, Christina. I yes. was. I was. Yeah. Aww, so we have good. We have good. Good intern hires, but all of them, I like to. I like to talk, poke. Oh, poke. Yeah. poke yeah. At and them. That's a
2: good point too. A lot of people, I feel like, always come to us. I don't know if this happens to you a lot, but it happens to me a ton on LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> people come and they're like, "How do I work with you? I want to do what you do, or do things around what you do." And go to the Disney Jobs website mm-hmm. or intern with us or stuff like that. Yeah. Don't LinkedIn me.
0: <laughs> don't LinkedIn <laughs> not don't, don't LinkedIn Lorraine. I can't, That's I can't help book. you.
1: I can't look at it. There's no... One, it's there's like just a lot, and I don't know who's who. It's too confusing. I don't hire people. Yeah, that's and I
3: was like, thing. it's I just know not my job. Yeah. I'm not going to help you out. Kathleen uh, <laughs> Wisniewski uh, is also an editor. Uh, she's in the Spidey office, like ground level heroes. And both me and her were interns and in, uh, at different times, so we never interned together. But we both now run the editorial intern program, oh. which is like weird but great. So uh, that's always a good opportunity to get into. We open it up every semester, fall, in- spring, summer.
1: Yeah, and sometimes we've had winter. We've had a winter session. Oh, you're once. right. Yeah. We do. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, well, I will say it's a great. It's a great way to get in the door, and yeah. a lot of our interns have been hired. Like th- we have a lot of former interns who are working. Yeah. We do um, at the yeah. company.
3: It's now, not the so. only way to get in. Don't not discourage anybody yeah. if you don't but get the internship, yes, but it but is a good, good way, way to do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. especially and if you're a college student, because we only take students.
2: Yeah, we only take students, and Whisper also the thing I think that is really cool about Marvel internships is they're not like go get us lunch, internships, mm-hmm. they're like yeah. do you want to really work in this industry? Because yes, yeah. you're going to get to do as much as you're capable of. Yeah.
3: yeah. Uh, Kathleen and I treat it like an apprenticeship. So you work with every editor in the office and the job is what you make it. So if you want to be an editor and you want to learn how to actually make comic books, you will learn how to do that. Um, but you're never once going to be asked to go out and get coffee for me. I will do that.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I enjoy that. I mean, I,
3: <laughs> I, did, I did make our intern go buy
0: jalapenos so that I could torture Lorraine. <laughs> but that is because she's more a PA. Than Technically that's also production work. <laughs> production. That is production work, I yeah. will say that. That's the one thing is in my world I could probably get someone to get us coffee. No, but I won't. <laughs> so, um, so full summary uh, hopefully uh, a full circle uh, 150th. I will say that we did a great, on our 100th podcast we did a great live podcast here in the city and we're, we're looking forward to doing that. Maybe something big and even better for our 200th podcast which is far away but not that far away nope, so if you really far. think about it that's terrifying um and uh, uh, Christina has been working on some pretty amazing upcoming uh, stuff for us to uh, hopefully get back to weekly um but even if you don't hopefully you're enjoying um, our slightly longer podcast that we've been doing bi-weekly yeah. Uh, and yeah and uh, you know as always um, on top of the just one more note on top of like Getting working at Marvel, social media is your
3: friend. We talk about this all the time. Yes. Social media also proofread your resume. Oh, please, and your cover letter, please, and mention Marvel and comics in your cover letter if you want to work in comics. Yeah, it drives me nuts.
2: It's specific to the company. One hundred percent. Just
3: write a new cover letter, guys. It'll take you ten minutes. Like, yes. just do it. Have a template. Do something. Yeah. Um, but you know
0: that type of stuff. Uh, and also stay tuned to Disney Careers because we post all of our Marvel jobs up there. So yeah. Um, and, you know, as always, you guys have questions. Well, wow, that was, was a terrible sentence. If you have questions, you can email us at womenofatmarvel.com or tweet at Marvel. If you have suggestions for people for us to talk to within the different spectrums of topics we talked about or if you have a favorite podcast, uh, you should tweet at us. Uh, if you tweet at Marvel with hashtag Women of Marvel, we'd be checking it. Uh, yeah, I think that was it. This is a great podcast. Or come, or.
1: come to the Women of Marvel panel in... October for yeah. New York Comic Con in New York. It's going to be still on that Sunday, right? Likely Sunday, yes. Yes, like, we're still fa- finalizing room details and all of that, but it'll likely be Sunday. I asked
0: for a large room.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so show like up. A large room. Bring the family. It's always <laughs> a lot of fun. We're very entertaining, and hopefully we'll have some fun announcements around then. you guys can get excited about and bring good questions yeah Yeah.
2: the questions
0: are the best part I mean I love when people run to the the microphones it's like a mad dash yeah
1: (laughs) it's great and we never get through them all so as much as as we love to we say like can I get through them all
0: but yeah that's it and then obviously New York Comic Con we'll be there doing insane crazy things so come by the booth and say hi to us
1: yeah I think that's it Happy 150th, guys! (sighs) Thank (laughs) you,
0: finger guns! (laughs)
1: Okay,
5: we'll
0: check you guys later. This is Marvel, your universe.